Hey, this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. Well, good morning and welcome to Connection Church. Uh, As John said earlier, it's a new space, but same people, same body, same vision and mission. We still want to connect people to Jesus and one another. Um, I'm actually pretty excited about this space. I don't know. I was joking around on the microphone earlier and said, you know, dare I say the new and improved location of Connection Church. Um, I kind of like the bricks, exposed brick. You know, that's People look for apartments, that's usually like a pretty big deal. So I feel like in a, you know, a space, that's a big deal as well. Uh, my name is Austin. I think most of you know me. Some of you may have just met me. Um, this is our space and this is Connection Church. So we're excited to have you guys here this morning. Uh, can everybody hear me okay or do you think I should use the microphone? <clears throat> Good, okay. Because John spoke into the microphone and almost brought all the walls down. <laughs> and so I didn't want to do the same thing. Uh, so thank you, John, for being you know, uh, the experiment to that. <clears throat> Well, this morning, uh, we're going to spend some time, uh, like Haley said, we're moving uh, into the Christmas season, and we're going to spend some time looking at the foretelling and the birth of Jesus, Uh, but we're really going to focus on what this meant for Mary. And so if you guys know anything about me, or if you've heard me preach before, I'm always talking about how I'm not great with titles. In fact, one sermon, I had John just come up with the title for the sermon while I was preaching it so that that sermon could have a title. Um, But I worked hard on on this series. It actually has an overarching title with subtitles. So I actually came up with two titles for every single sermon. So I'm just trying to step the game up, you know, new space, lots of energy. Uh, So this sermon series is going to be called Mary, Did You Know? Mary, Did You Know? And the subtitle for this one is The Presence of God. Mary, Did You Know? The Presence of God. So if you would like to scroll or turn to Luke chapter 1 starting in verse 26. That's where we'll be this morning. And uh, just like we always do, uh, we'll spend some time. We're going to read through the verse in its entirety. Uh, We will pray over that verse, and then we'll spend some time uh, breaking that uh, scripture down and learning a little bit more about what that means uh, for us. And so starting Luke chapter 1, verse 26 says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. In verse 30, it says, The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. In verse 34, Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child 
will be born. He will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this story. Thank you for the faithfulness of Mary. God, thank you for just being fantastical and supernatural and being incredible and being a God that we can follow who uh, can do anything. Lord, nothing is impossible through you. God, I pray that we would be a church that firmly believes that, that rests in that truth. And God, we would follow you into the impossible and just watch you do magical, mystical, incredible, wonderful things around us. We just pray these things in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. All right, and so in this scripture, we see a few things. Um, We see that the Virgin Mary is visited by the angel Gabriel, and the interaction between them, it actually gives us really good insight into the innocence and the heart of Mary. And we can also kind of see her human nature on display as she receives this fantastical news that she will carry a son and give birth to the Savior of the world. Her response is really a great example of the mental, emotional, and spiritual conflict we all go through as our limited and broken humanity attempts to process the supernatural goodness of an almighty God. And so oftentimes when we come into contact with God and in his true nature, and he calls us to do these incredible things that we think are impossible, we have this conflict in our hearts. We have this conflict in our spirits and even in our minds because we try to rationalize, how is that going to happen? How could, how could this possibly come to fruition? Um, we're maybe a month removed from when we told uh, a handful of people in our church that we would need to find a new location. And at the time, we weren't sure what was going to happen. And here we are just a month later with a great space and an awesome spot in the neighborhood with a great manager and landlord of the building. And God just does incredible things. When you follow God where he calls, he does incredible things. And in the moment, we didn't have any idea any of this would happen. We had no idea how it would work out. But God knew, and we followed him, and we were faithful, and God worked it out. And so we're going to look at four main points today of Mary kind of going through this exact same process of trying to figure out, how is this going to happen? You've come to me, and you've told me I'm favored, and that I'm going to have this son, and he's going to be the savior of the world. How will this work? And so the first point is that Mary was favored, okay? The, The angel Gabriel communicated to Mary that she was favored. And so if we look in verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man who was named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And in 28, he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And so we see that Mary, as someone that God is with, was favored. Why was she favored? In the passage, Gabriel communicates to her and says, Hey, Mary, you are a favored one. But why exactly is that? She must have thought the same thing in that moment. What have I done to be favored? I'm just Mary. Or I'm just Austin. Or I'm just Gabriel. Or I'm just Jim. What have I done to be favored? And simply put, Mary was favored because God was with her. Mary was favored because God was with her. 
not because of anything she had done. When we receive God's favor, it's not earned. God's favor is shown to us through his goodness and through his power. And God's favor is given to us as a gift. Often we conflate receiving God's favor with our actions, right? If, we, if things are going well and we feel like God is blessing us, we're like, man, we're on it. Um, Daniel and I have a running joke where if we find good parking in places, we're like, man, we've been living right. <laughs> and so uh, we often conflate like if we're doing well, then God wants to give us good things and he wants to bless us. And if we're not doing well, then God automatically wants to punish us and make sure we don't get good things. And we see this in the story of Job. I don't know if you guys remember the sermon that I preached on Job. Actually, what I, I know you remember probably word for word. You could probably <laughs> recite it to me right now. Um, we see this example in Job, uh, and it's actually it's Job's friends who try to convince Job that he must have sinned against God to lose his favor. And Job was like, no, I promise you, I didn't do anything. Everything that I've ever done, I've done exactly the same. And now all of a sudden, I just don't have God's favor. And his friends were kind of like, yeah, well, sure, but there's got to be something you're not thinking about. He's like, no, I promise you there's nothing. And it comes to the point where Job even questions God and says, God, why are you doing this to me? This is paraphrased, by the way. God, why are you doing this to me? I've changed nothing, right? And God asks him, where were you when I created the world? Where were you when I spoke life into the world? Where were you when I spoke life into you? I'm the creator. And so Job finally comes to the realization that God's favor is not contingent upon our actions. God's will and the things that he wants to do in our life are not completely contingent upon our actions. Now, does he call us to faithfulness and does faithfulness play a role in that? Of course, right? God calls us to be faithful and we have to follow him to see works in our life. But ultimately, God is God and he will choose when he bestows favor and when he doesn't. And so Mary's kind of going through this in her head as this angel just shows up and says, hey, uh, you're favored. And there's this whole thought process of why, why am I favored? And so if we look um, <clears throat> into that thought process, what we should really be doing is rather than questioning the creator and sustainer of all things in God or trying to convince ourselves that we've somehow earned or not earned God's favor, we should focus on glorifying God through the favor that he shows us. So God's favor is not a reward for good actions. Stripping away of God's favor is not necessarily a punishment for wrong actions. God gives us favor and his desires that we will leverage that favor to connect more deeply with him, to connect people to Jesus, and then to connect to one another, that we will leverage that favor for his kingdom and for his glory. So when we look at Mary, and if we try to put ourselves in, in her shoes, we can see that our church has received favor. We've seen God be favorable to our church, but it's not necessarily because of anything that we've done as a church. It's because God has given us that favor as a gift for us to faithfully steward and leverage for others. If we look in verse 29, we see a little bit more uh, about Mary's response. It says, she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him to the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So he tells her this incredible thing, uh, but Mary, her first response is kind of my response sometimes when I think about the presence of God, and the second point is Mary was frightened. 
Mary was favored by God, yet she was frightened. And sometimes we think about God's presence as kind of this thing that looms over us. I know when I, especially when I was a teenager, I would think about, you know, my parents would say things like, hey, I, I may not see that, but God does. And uh, that's not necessarily a, a wrong thing to say or a bad practice to know that God is always with you and that he's always watching you and that he desires for you to live uh, this life that is above reproach, right? That's not a bad thought. But when our entire perspective of God's presence becomes he just wants to lord over our lives and control everything and make sure that if we do something wrong that we're punished or if we do something right that we're rewarded, we're missing out on the entire, entire reason why God is with us. We're missing out on the entire reason why God wants to dwell with us. It's not necessarily to lord and micromanage our life. It's so that he can equip us and give us favor and call us to live a higher calling for our life and call us to be more fulfilled than we can ever be outside of his presence. And so when we focus on God's presence with the correct perspective, we start to feel less frightened, even though there's a healthy fear of his power there, and we feel more empowered, less frightened and more empowered. <clears throat> so Gabriel helps Mary see, no, no, God is with you, but he's not with you because of something you've done wrong. He's not with you because he's trying to punish you. He's actually with you because you found favor with him and you found favor with him because he is with you and Gabriel reassures her this by telling her not to be afraid that she was favored if we continue in verse 34 it says Mary said to the angel how will this be this thing that you've said how is it going to happen since I am a virgin I've not done anything to be able to carry a son and bear a son so how in the world is this going to happen and the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. So Mary, she wasn't quite sure how to receive the news that she would carry and give birth to a son, because in her mind, it was impossible. Often the Lord will speak to us and we can't make sense of, if we can't make sense what, uh, of what he's uh, told us or communicated to us, we try to rationalize and it doesn't work. Um, we're quick to question it, right? We're quick to say, okay, that's great, God. Sounds like a great plan, but I don't, it can't happen. So I'm, I'm just not going to pay any more attention to that. Um, I can remember uh, my dad, you know, often when we don't understand things, not only do we question it, it's easy to become frustrated. Uh, and my dad and myself and my sister, we were actually in Germany. Um, and the reason we were in Germany, it was, it was already not like a fun trip. It was like a business trip, something we had to take care of. Um, so there's already like a certain level of stress there. And we had rented this vehicle and we get in the vehicle. <clears throat> and of course, in, in Germany, there's German makes and models of vehicles. And the instructions in the vehicle are all in English. No, they're not. They're actually, they're all in German. And so my dad is trying to map out way, where we are going from the airport to where we're staying. It's like an hour and a half away. It's mostly main roads. Should normally be like a pretty easy straight shot. Like we literally took a freeway to one exit and then got to the hotel. But when you only speak English and all of the directions are in German, it's a little bit difficult. And to make matters worse, my dad is actually like a transportation professional. So like here in the U.S., he like drives a truck. He has, you know, routed trucks into different cities. Like he, he's a transportation expert. 
So you take him in transportation context and drop him into a new context where he didn't understand the directions. It was very, very frustrating. And I can remember at one point he was tapping on the screen and just kind of becoming more and more flustered. He just couldn't quite figure out where we were going. And um, I like to, to claim the fame of, I got up to like 30% fluency in German on Duolingo. What, what? <laughs> so like every sixth word that was on the screen, I was like, I'm pretty sure that means that. Um, and so we eventually got it to work. But at one point my dad got so frustrated and he's usually like really laid back. He just said, speak English. And he was just like tapping the screen. And, and so when we don't understand what's going on, right, when we're in a context that we don't fully comprehend, it can become easy to question and become frustrated or flustered. And we see in verse 34 through 37, Mary was flustered. She did not understand how will this be? How can this happen? And not only does the angel reassure her and let her know that it's going to happen because of the power of God, he immediately gives an example of something that God already did that somebody said was impossible. And it's a close relative example. It's not like, oh, well, halfway across the world, um, this thing was happening and God did the impossible. He's like, don't you know, Elizabeth? Everyone said she was barren and she's in her sixth month of pregnancy because nothing is impossible with God. The last thing that we can see about this interaction is in verse 38. It's Mary's final response to this conflict, right? We talked about her kind of going through these emotions and trying to figure out what was going on. And first it was communicated that she was favored and her immediate response to that was to be a little weary. She's kind of frightened about it. And then, and then after she was reassured not to be frightened, she said, okay, well, God's not here to punish me, but how am I going to do what God asks? I'm a virgin. I, I can't do that. And that gets explained. She kind of works through this being flustered at what's happening. But her final response, I think, is the most key. And as she's walked through this conflict and as she's worked out her faith, really, in a conversation with uh, Gabriel, she responds in this way in verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So the final thing we see from Mary is that Mary was faithful. Mary was faithful. Through all the feelings and emotions Mary felt through this conversation, when it was all said and done, Mary was faithful. She said, I am the servant of the Lord What you have said, let it be to me. Even when we don't fully understand God's calling, if we choose to be faithful, we will see God do incredible things in our individual lives and in the life of our church. Even when we don't understand, if we are faithful, God does incredible, incredible things in the life of our church. So as a summary of what just happened, I wrote this down because I think it encapsulates it pretty well. Um, The angel Gabriel visits the Virgin Mary. He tells Mary that she has found favor with God and she will give birth to a son and name him Jesus and that he will be the savior of the world. Mary is frightened and confused about the message. She questions the validity of the statements and posits this cannot possibly be since she is a virgin. Gabriel tells her that she will receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and through, the power, uh, through that power, Jesus will be born. Mary agrees and says, let it 
be so. I think this is an incredible, it's not that, honestly, that much that's happening in here as far as like plot is concerned, but as far as like characterization, if you're like me, I love character building and story. Like there's a ton happening in these verses where you can literally see the human nature of Mary just jump off the pages, jump out of God's word, and you can see the reassuring comfort of who God is through Gabriel reassuring Mary, listen, I know this sounds scary. I know this sounds like a lot. I know this sounds overwhelming. I know this is difficult to move to a new location as a church. I know it's difficult that your pastor is going to go on sabbatical, right? I know that there's some challenges ahead of you, but what I also know is that God is with you. And because God is with you, you are favored. And because you're favored, you will be overwhelmed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And through that power, you will do things that you will never have dreamed are humanly possible because they aren't. But with God, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible. So with that in mind, I would like to offer this application to us as a church. Let Connection Church be a church that focuses on the presence of God and is awe-inspired by that presence rather than hyper-focusing on our own actions and how that might affect the favor of God. Let our church leverage the favor that God has given us to connect people to Jesus and to one another and let our church be faithful in every circumstance. Let's pray together. Lord, we're just so grateful for your presence. Lord, we're grateful that because you are with us, that we are a favored people. God, I'm grateful that I don't even have to go out and just do regular day-to-day human ability life things on my own because, God, I can't even handle that. I'm grateful that you join me in the things that I could do on my own to equip me and empower me to do them better for a higher calling. And God, I'm grateful that you give me the opportunity to join you in eternal work that transforms people's lives in a way that I could never do on my own. God, I pray that each one of us would just feel the power of the Holy Spirit, God. We would feel that overwhelming sense of peace and encouragement. God, that we would focus on your presence and who you are And that focus would drive us to be more like you. God, we wouldn't hyper-focus on our own actions or be overly critical of ourselves. But God, we would be overly focused on you. We would keep our eyes and our hearts and our minds set on things above and set on your calling for our life. God, may your presence, your favor, your power transform our lives. God, allow us to know your presence in a way that we've never known it before today. God, we ask that of you. We pray that you would just pour that on us. And we ask these things because Mary was faithful and she did birth a son and he was the savior of the world and he died on the cross and he rose again and he defeated death, he defeated our sins and he gave us a connection to you. Because of that, Lord, we pray these things with confidence And we ask that you work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.